Hello, friends. I'm Taylor, and today we have... Matt's in, the hubby, standing in because Brittany went somewhere cool, some could say magical, and we just couldn't go yet. Little baby. Too young. Uh, we bring you the perspective of the a licensed mental health counselor, a.k.a. therapist and new mother, usually with sister. Um, we talk about everyday subjects for our mental health and how we can best offer support in our lives. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that follow, like, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates. If you're liking what you hear, leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and spread the love to others to get resources and help for their mental health. This season, we are also doing a special couple episodes. We did one on movie analysis and thought it was really fun with Elf and Home Alone. So if you didn't catch that one, go back and check it out. And upcoming, we're combining with our brother podcast, partner podcast. I don't know what you call that one, Mattin. What's our verdict? <laughs> uh, the reason we are doing this podcast for Tay is because I am on the What's Our Verdict podcast. Took a break while we were bringing Banks into the world, but I'm back at it with my buddies. They've still been going while I've been out, but we're going to do a Christmas vacation with them and us and put that mental health spin on it. So it should be a really good time. So it'll be Brittany Tay and the three of us. So that should release in the next, I would say one or two weeks, we're going to record it uh, Mm -hmm. the week you're listening to this and then drop it shortly after that. So very exciting, should be a lot of fun and uh, pretty different. So again, if you like ones like that, we're happy to do some movies down the line and such, but we hope you all all like it. And then the other thing I think Tay should talk about is, Tay, don't you have some parenting clinic or something that you will be doing in the month Mm -hmm. of January for those that would like to pay in or take a look at that. So tell more about it. So we have two different things offering actually, well, three kind of, uh, we're still pairing with spark hot yoga studio who offers a free yoga class monthly for teens. Super cool resource. They are giving literally giving teens a free class, which these are not cheap to do. Um, to be able to connect to each other and learn the skills that you need to take care of your body and your mind. Because as we all know, that's a whole unit. Love that. Amazing. Shout out to Spark Yoga. So for our listeners that are in Washington State, come do that. If you're not, if you're in Nebraska, Virginia, you're in Oregon, California, we got listeners all over, come fly in. You know, you just got to pay for the flight. <laughs> Class is free, right? So Class is free. You just need to fly here. Washington you know, is great. That one's a little bit more local to here. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one of the other two is is something that if you wanted to tune in virtually, you totally could. The only one virtual that we have offered. So Kayla, my other therapist, who is amazing, love her. She is starting an RODBT group for 14 to 18 year olds that one's in person it has to be in person so again what's state the heck of washington is that? Are, are, i don't even know with all the words i R-O-D-B. was gonna break it down it's are called radical openness <laughs> well hello psych we do all the alphabet oh. it's called radical openness dialectical behavior therapy dbt dialectical behavior therapy is like cbt I'm using a bunch of acronyms yeah, for you. You're, okay. Hey. It's basically a skills group to learn how to manage over control, anxiety, and inability like to let things go. It's like if you have OCD, anxiety, um, control issues, perfectionism, this group is literally for you. It's helping you learn where to still have control in your life and where to let go of control. Um, DBT is a great skill group too. I do that one with social skills. It's just this one's more aimed directly at that population that's like perfectionism and all of those kind of things. 
So if they want to join that, that one's local and what they DM us? Listed online. So you can go to our website and it can go under workshops. At ohanacounseling.com. Ohanacounseling, yeah. Okay, and what's our third one? one is our parenting class. This one can be for anybody, actually. We are talking about in January... So when you say anyone, you mean you could do this virtually, like it will be you over. Can do this virtually, so any state really you can do it. Okay. Um, I don't think there's any rules because I'm not giving therapy to anybody. So yeah, I think it can be any state. You can do the virtual class online. When you say therapy, you mean one-on-one. So- yeah. Yeah. So as therapists work, you have to be licensed in the state that you give treatment to. Right. So that's what makes you valid or credible by saying, yes, the state has endorsed me to be able to do according to their standards. Each state, which is kind of annoying that there's not a national thing where you can just apply and have it be a national accreditation. But again, we're sovereign states, like individual states under one federal thing. So every state has their own laws. Uh, I'm a Washington state licensed therapist, so I can only see Washington state residents. However, I think if you're giving a class or a webinar, it doesn't. It's not the same. So it's on January 20th, and um, we are going to talk about parenting techniques. This is, again, advertised on our website. It's about different parenting styles, ways you can connect to your teens and have conversations on difficult subjects, and kind of how to navigate because mental health is coming in a lot for parents, and it's such a hard thing to know when to push, when to not push, where to dig for information. So it's going to be like a webinar workshop on that. Parents can ask questions and get help at the end. I might need to attend myself so I can be a better parent and husband. Hmm. Let me think about that. Yeah. Attend for your three-month-old. Do I get to go for free? You can go for free. You have hookups. All right. Who's going to watch Banks, though? I guess he's at home with me, though. Yeah, you can sit and watch it. He's cute. He's pretty stinking cute. It's his first Christmas. So a lot of things happening, and personally, we're excited to be parents of Banks. He's over three months now. He's just super cute, calmest baby, and he looks like me and has eyes like Tay. So it's just a match made in heaven. We couldn't be happier. <laughs> Matson's pleased. <laughs> but a lot of announcements, but we're going to get to the subject in Tay. I believe the subject is burnout. Mm-hmm. I love your face. Matson knows a lot about burnout because he lives this. Poor guy. Um, Matson, I would love if you could kind of define for us, what do you know, like what, what is burnout? Well, when I think of burnout, I usually think about it in terms of like, I think the most of the time it's references career life, uh, more so. And then maybe people say they're emotionally burnout as well. So kind of two things. So one in career life, when you're, you're burning the midnight oil, you're working a lot more than your nine to five or what's normally expected of you. And you start to get exhausted. And what was maybe the word not, it wasn't even enjoyable, but what was manageable becomes too much. And then you start to perform less and you can't relax outside of work as well. And it starts to bleed into your personal life and affect the relationships or your ability to just be yourself. And it wears on you. You can't, maybe you can't sleep as much. Maybe you just don't have energy to do as much as you wanted to do, or you don't have the motivation, whatever it may be. Uh, so I would say that. And then sometimes people get more exhausted emotionally due to, uh, I mean, this, like we've had podcasts this time of year on the holidays, for instance. There's, a, I mean, lots of family coming in town, lots of relationships that there could be some potential drama, whether it's in your family or friends, or the expectations of how to behave at the holidays or gifts that need to be given 
places that need to be gone to, you name it, and it can be taxing. And again, put your normal balance state in um, a uh, un in, unbalanced state, I should say, and then you can't relax. You just can't find time to unwind, and then it starts to just affect your day to day. So when Tay says, "I see it a lot," Tay's really great at managing her burnout more often than not. But at times when maybe work with the heavy stories that she carries or some family things, whatever it may be, sometimes I notice that it affects her kind of normal day to day. And then it affects our relationship and our family. And it, it's the normal thing in life. And I'm a little bit different than Tay, I guess, because I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I'm more even keeled more often than not. And she can certainly correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm rambling, but hopefully that gives our listeners um, some footing for you to expound upon. Yeah. So burnout is extremely high in my profession, uh, which is why the first semester you're in for learning how to be a therapist, you get this drilled in your head, self-care, 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 because and you're taught all these concepts and everything. And it's funny because you're like, well, if I just keep everything balanced, every therapist has said this, I guarantee it. We're all like, if I keep everything balanced, then we'll never have to experience this and it'll never happen to me. And that's just uh, naivety and stupidity. I don't know. Like, it's just funny that I actually thought that that was plausible at the beginning because our field is one of the definitely higher ones. There's, of course, other fields that are very high for burnout. Um, like surgeons, doctors are really high, nurses, anything that's really caregiving, you are definitely extremely prone to it. Therapists, we have to sit there and, and take people's emotions all day, absorb them and and deal with them and navigate them. And then you don't get a break. Like people forget when you're in session that you're a human being, not a robot. So they, they throw a bunch of stuff at you. They give you a bunch of stuff and they forget you still have to go home and live your own life. And that's where I think it gets really complicated and really messy. So burnout is pretty much what Madsen says, where it's this feeling of um, just being worn out, done, exhaustion, heavy weight on you, kind of your shoulders, and you just can't process a lot of things. Madsen is definitely a more even-keeled personality. So you take my ADHD on top of my profession. ADHD people were prone to more overstimulus, meaning we get in a situation and like uh, I'm trying. To, uh, our fridge is a perfect example because Matza loves this example. I can throw a bunch of food in the fridge, organize it, and put it all there. But if I don't organize it just right, then I forget that it's in there, and then I don't eat it, and then it goes to waste. Those poor mushrooms today, Costco <laughs> mushrooms. I'm always like, we can't eat all these because I don't like mushrooms. I love mushrooms, and you hate and them. And I open the drawer, and I, every day I say, I'm like, she ain't gonna finish those. She's not gonna eat those. And had to throw them away today. Another one bites the dust. Do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, so that's a, that's like a common thing. So people that have a stimulus, like overstimuli or something like that, are more prone to burnout as well. Anybody can have this, though. It's just what who's more prone to these, like what populations. Moms are people who hold a lot of roles, things like that, like different um, expectations in society. So it was interesting um, from an article that I read, it said uh, in a survey of 1,500 U.S. workers, over half of the respondents experienced burnout in 2021. This is compared to 43% who experienced burnout prior to COVID-19. So for those of you who aren't aware, which I think the whole population in the world is, COVID-19 significantly changed 
a lot of our burnout rates and a lot of our capability to handle emotions because it was so unknown and so overwhelming. And there was so much collateral damage that we're still dealing with and trying to figure out at this point that um, it's it's difficult and it's led to a lot of emotions and a lot of burnout and a lot of exhaustion still. Uh, I mean, I I think a lot of people know whether it's because they had to work from home during COVID or maybe personal relationships got strained. I mean, there was a lot of divorces that happened during that time period. There's just a lot of unforeseen stresses that made it into our homes in ways that had never been experienced before. Maybe your kids were home all Mm -hmm. the time and it doesn't mean your kids are bad or you don't love them, but everyone being cooped up for that long, for that period of time, it, it just made things it made cracks seem significant and and now i mean we're a few years removed from that but there's still a lot of stressors that people are still working through and mm-hmm. and may always have with them because of that well it's interesting too cuz i didn't i never fully clicked into this until i was reading this stuff today cuz i'm experiencing burnout i'm really tired lately all these things from all these different life roles that we've had and i was talking to you about this earlier Manson, but it was interesting how um, I started counseling at a school in 2019, but it was in September 2019. COVID hit in February of 2020. Is that it? Or like January? Uh, I mean, technically for, for some people, but in the US, it was like late February, March. Yeah. And Snohomish was one of the first areas on lockdown in Washington State because you experienced it in a different state first. But um, that's where I I didn't understand just how exhausting COVID and how it totally changed the whole mental health field until reading it, because that's the only field I had known. My practice blew up overnight. I was full and had wait lists already right when I had created a practice. And that was shocking. Right. And then going through and and doing it all and getting my license and everything. And I'm like, wow, I'm exhausted. This is really hard. And it feels like I've never gotten a break. And it's because the change of the mental shift from COVID. And I think that's the fascinating thing about it is there's a lot of people experiencing this same thing as as we are. Of We've just been kind of going and trying to survive this life and not really thrive in it as much as we could. And it, it's leading to a lot of exhaustion, a lot of burnout, and a lot of just placating through life. Mm. As we were talking about burnout, I was trying to think of well, what are the symptoms? Because we, t- I mean, I, I said some of them, but a mm-hmm. lot of them are you feel tired, you're drained most of the time. You have this one is interesting to me: lowered immunity, mm-hmm. uh, frequent illnesses are coming up more, which makes sense. Frequent mm-hmm. headaches, mm-hmm. muscle pain, uh, changes in appetite or sleep habits. And when I think of Tay getting burnout, sometimes the one that's always come to mind are uh, some mo- like tight muscles. Uh, she gets headaches more. Uh, thankfully she doesn't usually get as sick as often, but I've known people in my past that, um, you know, those, those people that are always sick sometimes and you wonder now thinking about mm-hmm. this, I'm like, well, did they feel burned out? Was it something with their career, per- personal relationships or something like that? So it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to think, uh, just something that feels so insignificant, but has such a great effect on your, your body and your mind. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too, because you'll even ask me like, why are you so exhausted? Because I'll get like seven or eight hours of sleep. And I'm definitely one that just, I think, needs more sleep than you. Like women are proven to need more sleep than men anyways. You're the best rallier ever, which is kind of crazy sometimes. Um, But a lot of it goes back to I'm emotionally exhausted. Like I just, I'm burned out. I'm done. 
so you can see that. And we've been tracking it more lately. I have an aura ring now and seeing how like, yeah, you can see my sleep patterns. Yeah. I just plugged in for aura ring shout out there. Um, but you can see it and track it and see, oh yeah, I, I'm not functioning to the best of my capability because of this, like my heart rate was up at this time, or I had this stressor in the day or my, whatever was going on. Um, and that's been interesting too. I also have developed more like stomach issues or binge eating patterns, and that's a part of burnout. Other things that are listed too, like feeling helpless, cynicism, lower self-esteem, decreased satisfaction in the world, feeling detached from the world, loss of motivation, which some of those I've like accredited to thinking it was just ADHD symptoms coming out more. But I think some of it's been burnout. Like the more that I look at it, I'm like, oh, I think that's actually a burnout. What is cynicism? Like cynical, like negative or pessimistic, Mm. looking at the bad side of things always. Like, you know, and I I don't know if I'm cynical. I think I go catastrophizing. My anxiety comes out more because you'll be like, Taylor, why are you jumping so far to like the worst case scenario? Yeah, the the freak out. The freak outs come out more. Like Co runs outside or Co goes to the bathroom and then he doesn't, he rounds the corners. She's like, he's not coming back. He's (laughs) never coming home. And then, it's my child. And then him bubbers waddles back five seconds later. He's fine. <laughs> Behavioral signs are like reduced performance in everyday tasks, which this one drove you nuts when I was pregnant. But think how exhausted I was on top of burnout from trying to grow a human being. And I would be laying in bed scrolling. And you'd be like, Taylor, be protective. <laughs> Oh, you say, I thought you said be protective. Be productive. No, productive. Yeah, you would just be like, Taylor, move your butt. I mean, yeah. sometimes you were watching a lot of dog videos. I didn't deny that. <laughs> or chubby baby videos. They were really cute, though. The little dogs would do all these tricks. But yeah, so that's a behavior one. Other ones are like withdrawal, procrastination, outbursts of, outbursts of emotions or misbehavior, using substances to cope. So all of those can be signs of burnout, which... Here's a lot. Here's a lot. For so jobs, when, I have questions too, but. Well, so for me, when does it become something that you can, I guess we need to talk about when you notice some of these things, what do you do? And then what? when does it become something that you need more help than just trying to maybe get more sleep or eat healthy or do a little bit of exercise or whatever you yeah. do to relieve stress? I'm just curious about that balance. There's like a range of ways to deal with it, right? Because it's like, well, first you have to be able to identify burnout. And I feel like um, for people who have been trained to do it, it's easier, but it's still hard sometimes because I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at knowing when I'm like, I'm done and I'm tired, but I, I wasn't good at knowing like, oh, I'm in severe burnout, not like minimal And that's one where I think it takes a little bit longer to see sometimes because you're like, well, I can still do things and I can still perform. But I was looking up an article like for therapists and stuff. And it's when you're like too tired to go on your job or things like that. And that's for everybody. You know, like you're too tired to go on your job. You're too tired to like manage things. That's when it's probably more consistent. If it's happening more often, the rule of thumb for therapists is usually like if it's happening over a certain amount of time consistently, then it's a bigger problem than if it's happening for a short amount of time inconsistently. So a pattern would be like, um, like you have these days every like once a week or once every couple 
like two weeks, right? Okay, that's like a little lower. Maybe you need to like look at like balancing it more. If you're leveling it up to multiple times within a week, that's severe. And that's where, okay, yeah, look at how you're consistently living your life, like your daily habits. Also, look at how much performance ability that you do have and motivation to change those habits. If you don't have it, you need to go back to the root of the problem. The root of the problem probably is something deeper, and that's when you need help. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm just trying to think about in terms of, yeah, like for those that are in the workforce, there you usually get those like surveys at, at points with your mental health asking, how often do you think about like work being not as, I'm trying to think of the question I always get asked, but like not as enjoyable or something. And it's like never, sometimes, um, neutral more often like always or something and that's that's kind of how i always equate where i'm feeling on that scale and for me i just i I think one of the biggest things i harp on is how do i manage stress and this is something i've been talking with tay about a lot is she at times it's funny tay gives this advice to other people but sometimes it's easier to tell other people than take your own advice and i think something she's trying to Mm -hmm. figure out is well how do i relieve stress, whether it's small amounts or a lot of it to help with her burnout. And I've got like, I love watching sports. I love, I play in like a soccer game on this co-ed league on Fridays. Uh, I play some video games with my friends um, online that I'm not in the same state as now. Um, Like I think I said, working out as well really helps me those things, I, I know they're kind of tried and true and, and help me. But at times, like Tay, um, I don't think she always does what is going to be most helpful for your, her. She doesn't really know what those things are in her life. And she's still trying to figure that out. I think the problem, too, is we are – like you look at me and Matson, it's a good spectrum of – wide differences. Matson has burnout, but he's on the lower end sometimes. Like he he'll usually be on the lower scale versus mine is I'm a trauma specialist. So I come home and I just heard five rape stories that day or whatever it was, right? And it'll be intense stories that I hear. And then I'm expected to perform as a normal person would perform after hearing people's trauma dump on me. And I think that's where you can kind of start to see a range of like Masson said, those things work for him. They're tried and true. Those things are really good for me too. Like the more consistent and consistent is my like word I hate the most because ADHD. Um, but the more regular I can be, consistent I can be, the better off I'm prepped to deal with my life. That's like a true statement. But the root of the problem is, is I deal with heavy things. So I had to figure out how to heal that core of heavy things I take. Does that Makes sense. So some of the stuff that are tried and true are going to help and it's going to set me up for more success. But there's also another factor that in grad school we were trained to find and you find it. But when you're in different stages of life, it gets messier to find, which that's the thing that I I think I'm trying to learn in this new season because being a mom now and being a partner to somebody versus when I was a single girl in grad school, very different coping skills. I would just go hiking. I would go forget my life and go into the woods. Shopping. And shopping. I love shopping. Uh, that's so true. Girl math. Girl math is real. Um, and I think, you know, like both of those, I can't do that now that I have a family and I have a partner and all these things. Like it's got to change a little bit. And now I'm trying to rediscover what will help with the core things and what will help me feel like a separate person from what I deal with all the time. 
And that's a journey that you have to do. And I think it's something that we don't realize, like you can find what works for you then, but then it, it may reset for later and you may come up on burnout that's deeper for you one time and all your stuff that keeps you consistent and happy just isn't enough anymore. You have to find something else deeper and that's when it gets hard. Yeah, I think you bring it. I mean, when I moved here to be with Tay and I sacrificed being around a lot of my family and friends and doing things that I, I like to, and it's obviously totally worth it. Love my life. Um, but I had to kind of figure out, well, what's this new reality for me and what's going to work for me? And I think for those that are listening, it, like Tay said, you're, our lives are not static, they don't stay the same, whether you're graduating high school, going to college, college, going into your first job, your eighth to fourth job, you're on your you just got married or in your first relationship or having a kid or just came out of divorce. So, I mean, the list goes on or you're, mm -hmm. I, I mean, there's so many other things you could say that's transition or transitionary or, or transfer. Transitionary. Transitionary. There we go. Yeah, I think that's the word. <laughs> Human dictionary, Tay. Way to go. Um, but I think it's what I'm getting out of this is, I mean, we talk a lot about uh, writing, writing things down, putting something in a journal, gratitude, or just taking time for, I mean, the, the word that's, or the phrase, I guess that's really important these days is like self-reflection and taking time to reflect on, Hey, what's, if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling burned out, what, what have I done in my past? That's work. Can I still do that? Or is there something new that needs to change because my situation, I can't do that thing that I did before and finding new ways to navigate that. And I think at times, we always go back to what has worked, but like we've talked about, sometimes it may need to be something new or different because you couldn't do that thing before because of the new circumstance. Yeah. I think the key that I always go back to is keep your consistence, like keep the things that are, should always be in there for me. I should always exercise. I should always do yoga and I should always be able to eat nutritiously. Like those, those three things are really big for me with sleep tight in there. So I guess it's four. Like if I can do those, that's a core balance for me, which Matt's in all ways. If I'm really off kilter, he'd be like, those go back to your core, which he's always right. Like those are things that should always float for me. Then when I'm hit deeper on the stuff that's like really hard and the stuff that really is burning me out, I have those things keeping me afloat and surviving so I don't just completely unravel. And when I'm not doing any of those, I do unravel. But if I can keep those, then my head's above water. So I think of it almost like a percentage of – you know, like doing the core things, even when I'm hit in a deeper burnout zone than I think I am, I'm still 30% above water because mm -hmm. I at least have something floating me up and then I can continue on. So I think that's where for each person, they need to figure out what are your core things. We we were taught in it like um, the Greek buildings with those columns, the Parthenon or the, you know, like those kind of buildings. And you're going to always need to have things supporting you in your life. And we're going to have healthy behaviors and compensatory behaviors, makeup behaviors that are going to be just things that aren't necessarily healthy for you. Like I always sub in, if I'm not eating healthy, I binge eat or I eat junk food. If I'm not exercising, I'm laying in bed looking at dog videos. Like if I'm not sleeping, I'm on Instagram. If I'm, you know, you can always see like, what do you make up for? If you're not doing one thing, you're, what are you do, putting in its place? Because you're always putting something in its place. And the more that you can try and go back to the things that you know are going to keep you grounded, that will help you avoid burnout. And trying to get back there though, when you're in burnout is extremely difficult. And Matson's been trying to help me for like, since having baby to be more consistent. And that's been three months. 
And it's hard. Like it is really hard to be consistent because you have those compensatory behaviors, which are easily accessible. They're like a bad habit. Like you want to grab them because you want that comfort. You want that soothing thing, but you have to remember that, you know, the other ones are worth it because they're going to keep you alive longer than the, uh, the compensatory behaviors. It's a tricky balance. Yeah. So I think it's compensatory or when we're tired and stressed and experiencing those burnout feelings, we just cut corners and we're going to what that's why I go to those compensatory things Mm -hmm. because they're easier and they feel like they're, they don't require much of us. So like just scrolling on like the social media, for instance, then Mm -hmm. doing laundry or whatever that thing you need to do, that's going to help you feel better, but also sucks to do it, but it kind of has a give and take. Then you do the easier thing and yeah, you could make, a meal from home and save yourself some money or to eat healthier, but eating out is easier or mm-hmm. yeah, I could, I'm hungry after I ate and you know what, this dessert sounds really good. I got it right here, but I know I shouldn't do that. I probably should eat it like a healthier snack, whatever. It's those, those constant battles that we have. And it's always when we're not on schedule and consistent, it's really tough to make the harder at times more uh, energy requiring decisions. And so I think what's key is can we get better um, as human beings and listeners of this podcast that knowing the signs when we start to dip down, like if we could all walk around and I like Tay's ring, for instance, is good at showing her when she is more stressed and not stressed. But if you could visualize that and see something in your daily life and seeing your meter of, Hey, you're doing great. Or, Oh, I'm starting to dip. I'm instead of being green, I'm starting to get into yellow, you know, I'm close to red. And if we as human beings could be more aware of that, then we could stop ourselves going down that track somewhat sooner. So I think it's knowing what your warning signs are. And usually a lot of like what Tay just said, it's, am I not doing the things that are good for me? And if so, why? And how do I get back to that as soon as possible? Mm -hmm. But again, your warning signs are going to change, which is fascinating because I could, when I first started this job, I could give you two a T what my burnout zone was. Like the minute I started doing X, Y, or Z, I was like, nope, I'm on that path. I need to. But then I enter a new zone of like, okay, now I'm somebody's partner. Now I'm somebody's wife. It got muddled for me. Like I couldn't quite figure out like, oh, is this burnout? Is this transitionary? Is this feedback from something else? And then being a mom, like as you go through life in fluid, you're going to have to rediscover some of your warning signs again, but some of them will maintain. And I think that's the interesting thing is a lot of these will maintain and your kind of your personality will just kind of pick what it is. So Try and figure that out too and make a little list for yourself so you can track it throughout your life. So the basics are all there, like focus on your health, evaluate your own goals, like be consistent with the core things, sleep, exercise, take care of your body, be emotionally aware. You know, you can journal your feelings or recognize your feelings. That's basic care 101. But the deeper stuff that I've had to get into more, which I think is really interesting because like I said, like I can keep myself afloat. But there's always that backlog of you have to treat the root of the problem. And for some people, it's you have to change jobs. For others, it's like you got to go do self-exploration or things like that. But the main core of it is you have to start practicing the more like self-compassion. I am terrible at this one because I'm a good judge of myself, just like a lot of us are. If I'm the hardest on myself and I have so much compassion for other people, but me, I need to perform and I need to perform at 100% at all times. And if I'm not, you don't want to hear what's in my mind. Um, stress management techniques too. There's some really cool ones that they had on this list, which I liked. Biofeedback. Have you heard of that one, Matson? 
Yeah, but I'm not going to be able to explain it like you can, so don't ask me to. <laughs> Biofeedback is how your body responds to a situation, and you can see the interactions of it. So, like, do you get in this situation, like a new class or something, and is your breathing shallow, or does it stop when you're stressed, or things like that? It's literally how your physical body responds to an emotional reaction. That's why it's called biofeedback. It's like a biological feedback of your system. So having like, I love tangible information because I like have learned it somatically and understand it, but being able to specifically look at something that is giving me the feedback each, like I check this every couple hours now with my ring. I'll be like, oh, my heart rate increased at this time. I know exactly what happened at this time of my day. This is why it increased. Okay, good to know. And I will go through and check and see when I was stressed. and like, oh, that's not stress. That was exertion from exercise. Or that was, I was running upstairs to get banks. Or nope, I was stressed because, you know, da, 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 or whatever it was. And that's biofeedback is looking at what's your body's responses to your environment and what's happening. Love biofeedback. It's one of the coolest ones. Um, Forest therapy, I, I think that's environmental therapy. <laughs> Have you seen forest therapy before? I don't know exactly, actually, if I looked that one up before I did this one. No, um, but Mother Nature is good at calming the soul. It is, actually. Something because like a good view or seeing a sunrise or just, yeah, helps. Oh, okay. It's a conscious and contemplative practice of being immersed in the sights, sounds, and smells of the forest. I like forest therapy. That's what I used to do all the time. I told you that's, that's how I coped with life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just connecting to nature and being able to experience that. Cause there's a, almost like a primitive biological connection to that one that can reset you. Yoga Nidra. I love yoga Nidra. I've done it once and I need to go back. It's like sleep meditation yoga. You lay there and they talk to you and they do these little sound things and they hit the sound. And then, Oh yeah, like, we did that in they, Hawaii. Oh, oh, I love it. Oh, I guess cool. I've done it twice. Because I did it here and I did it in Hawaii and I love yoga nidra, guys. Try it if you haven't tried it. It's like the best sleep I've gotten in a while. Epsom soft bath. Tay did fall asleep. I did not, but she, I was like, oh, well. Right. I totally pass out. I love yoga nidra stuff. Oh, I, I pass it every time. I need to go do more she of that. She was snoring. Did I snore? No, that was a joke. Oh, I was like, oh, my God. Um, I snored when I was pregnant, though. Dude was choking me out. Um, vagus nerve stimulation. That's using like the polyvagus theory, vagal theory to like regulate your, your core fight or flight stressors and, um, self hypnosis. I don't know that one, but I thought some of those were cool. There's deeper ways to handle the deeper issues, but you have to be more conscious in implementing them and practicing them. Self hypnosis. We're not condoning that. Let's let's just gloss over that one. That sounds no, scary. I don't really know. Excuse me. But some people swear to it. So I don't know. the last one that we're going to talk about, which Mattson talks me all about, and I think this is where a lot of the core ones come from. So again, if you're having this repeated thing, go find a therapist to help you figure out how to apply these concepts and where your root is. Because figuring out, I mean, I can identify my own root because. This is what I do, but I actually also do need help. I go to my own therapist. I have my husband who helps me and my mom and my sister. I talk to them all the time and I'll be like, this is what I'm thinking and people help me. So like talk to people and figure it out because you're not supposed to have all the answers all the time. But Mattin, you're talking to me about this today. What do you think is the thing I'm going to talk about next? Uh, 
Bad husband alert. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember every little thing we talk about. Boundaries. This isn't a little one. This is one you talk to me all the time about. Oh, boundaries. boundaries. Oh, yeah. Um, Tay and Scissor, Brittany, uh, when she listens to this, she'll get this too. Both of them are the utmost amazing and kind people and will do everything for, for anybody, but especially for family which is wonderful, but at times they don't stop to think about also what is best for them at that point in time and overextend themselves or, um, well, many times overextend when they need to just take a break and it's okay to say no or not do that thing. It's not that you're less nice or uh, not caring or um, thinking of that person or, or whatever it may be. You just need to prioritize yourself sometimes. And I'm really protective of Tay um, and I like to think I'm a helpful person, but I also know that I can't do everything for everyone. I also need to do what's best for me and my family. And so I think for all of you out there, especially this time of year with the the holidays and I mean, just in life in general, you want to be that nice person. You want to be that reliable person. You want to be that person that uh, does things for other people. And that's okay. But sometimes it's okay to say no. And it's okay to know that, hey, I need to take a break. I need to relax. I've already done so much. I'm overextended. And Tay and Brittany are the poster scissors for this problem. We are great at this problem. Um, I think it's just because we want to help so many people. And we were raised to be a collectivist mindset. And when you care about people, you love them and you help them no matter what. And it's the best thing about us, and it's also the most exhausting thing about us, I think. But um, over the years, I've had to learn how to balance it, and it's hilarious because we've had these conversations on this podcast for me and sister, and and she'll always be like, Taylor's better than me, and you know what? I am, but even then, like, if you were to put me on a normal range to other people, this is how bad Brittany is. But PPAC. Yeah. Brittany's like PPAC galore. Um, People I am Pleasers Anonymous Club. If you want to join the club, let us know. Mm-hmm. I am definitely the. Um, I'm pretty bad with this, so I looked up ways to help hold healthy boundaries. Again, this is something that I mean we regularly talk about, but I found this clear step thing. Step number one: be as clear as possible and straightforward. Do not raise your voice. Matson is really good at this. He will just straight up say no. We're not doing that. And Matson, you are like the most blunt person ever. And there's been times where I'm like, Matson, you can't say this. <laughs> but he's really good at just bluntly telling people, I'll be like, that's so rude. I'm not going to say anything at all. And he'll just be like, no, we need to say no. So being able to straightforward, just say, this is what I need or this is what I think and move forward from there is actually step number one. Step two is state your need or request directly in terms of what you'd like rather than what you don't want or like. And step three, accept any discomfort that arises as a result, whether it's guilt, shame, or remorse. Guys, I'm terrible at that last one because I don't want to hurt anybody and I don't like that. Oh my gosh, the amount of sorries between the scissors, it's just, it's bad. You get like 20 sorries. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't do that. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't Oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, like, it's okay. We are all fine and it's going to be all right. And you know what? We're still there to help. We just couldn't do it. Couldn't be Superman. We couldn't be Wonder Woman. Yeah, we're bad at this. 
But I did like this graph that I found on Positive Psych today where they broke down seven types of boundaries. And there's seven different zones that they put it in. There's mental, emotional, material, internal, conversational, physical, and time. And we can post this online for you guys. I just really like the way that it described... Um, like mental is freedom to have your own thoughts and values. That's an okay boundary to have around that, right? Or time, like how much time you spend with somebody or doing something. I'm terrible at this one. Like, especially when I first started being a therapist, Madison had to tell me a million times, like Taylor, you have to end your sessions on time. You have to end your sessions on time. Even though I'm not always like perfect at it, I've gotten a lot better and I'm like trying to train other people to do the same thing. I didn't value my own time as much. I was like, oh, people need it. No, you have to end on time. And that's really hard. Um, internals like self-regulation energy expended on yourself versus others, which that one I feel like I can do in certain modalities and the other ones I'm terrible at. Like I'm great at work. I can be like, this is how much energy I'm going to give you come into my personal life. And it's a totally different story. Yeah. She gives no energy to me. So just that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> just gave you the pointy finger. No. <laughs> All the energy goes to Banks. He's cute. So you are in the crew too. The boys are all. I am the only girl in this household right now. Him Bubbers gets the least amount of energy at this point. Not true. Him Bubbers gets plenty of spoiling at work, so he's fine. He does. He's just a little jealous of a little man sometimes. He does really good with him though. Um. Okay. So. At the end of the day, we're trying to focus on being consistent with taking care of yourself. Like, so the takeaways that we have, we have three takeaways. Be consistent. Identify what is your absolute must-must. My absolute must-must are those core. I need to get exercise. I need sleep. I need proper nutrition. Those are like, don't mess with me on those. Um, the be intentional on how you take care of yourself. Meaning like, do you actually set boundaries with people? Do you actually think about what you're doing day to day that helps you or doesn't help you? A lot of times the rules that I have too is like, okay, what emotion you feel like you're lacking is the one that you need to replenish. So try and be aware of what you're doing and how you're replenishing it. The last one is continue to look at the emotional attacks you are giving yourself every day. So how much are you using yourself? How much are you wearing yourself out? And how much are you letting yourself be restored? And I think that's one thing I didn't think about a lot until shout out to the aura ring. Like we have to just tag them on this post in this whole podcast because they've really got me thinking lately, but how much am I letting my body rest and relax and be restored during the day? I get like a readiness score and some days I'm doing awesome. I'm like in the nineties and it's like, go get it, girl, do whatever you want. And then other days I'm in like the seventies and that's not good. If you guys don't know what the aura rings is, that means it's like fair. And it's like, girl, you need to like sit down today. You need to like take a nap is pretty much what I think it says it on my app. Like take a nap today. If you have time, that would be good for you. And I'm over here being like, I can't take no nap. I got all these lists of things to do. And then my husband will be like, go lay down right now. Um, that's like where I haven't thought about that yet, but think about the tax that you're giving yourself every day and are your expectations realistic or are they unrealistic and do you need to change them? That's going to help you be lower on your burnout scales. If you actually let yourself adapt to the day instead of thinking, I have to keep my consistency, I have to do this. No, look at like what you actually are capable of doing and then go from there. Sound advice. Sound advice. Let's see if we can now implement this advice. Yeah, I think being a part of this today, the big takeaway for me is, am I taking time to check in with how I'm actually doing to see those warning signs before they come? 
and knowing do I actually know what helps me relieve stress. So for you all, figure it out. And if you need help, we're happy to talk about it more. Uh, check our social media out on on some of those tips and uh, DM us if you have questions. I think the last thing to leave you with too is just identify what your obstacles obstacles are going to be in implementing these things because the takeaways are great. The points are great, but at the end of the day, like there, it is hard to implement these things. So try and identify those first as you're implementing them and that can help you be more successful. Yeah. So with that, uh, just kind of wrapping a bow and everything. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram. Um, follow us there. Make sure you're, you're following this podcast on Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to it. If you have friends, you think this would be helpful to share this with them. We want to continue to spread uh, the knowledge and, and help out to others. Uh, Tay, real quick, tell us uh, again what people can expect this next coming month if they want to, if they're in person in Washington or if they want to join that virtual event. I just love how different this is filming with you versus Bruni because I'm so used to tangents and you can see who is the more practiced non-ADHD individual in this situation and who is the I need to laugh like Brittany. Like, <laughs> you like Brittany? No, it's just funny. You can see why we work really well as a couple, but I just do crack up because I'm like, yeah, you're you're just on it, honey. And back. I know where we're going back to. I am am able to, you know, like track conversations, mm. but can we just note how funny this is? Because you're sitting here staring at me right now while we're recording. You're like, go back to what I just asked you. We're like moving on, girlfriend. You don't yeah. tangent very well. I can, but this yeah. month we have on the 29th a free yoga class for those that are in Washington for teens. Um, that is happening on December 29th at 2 p.m. That is a Friday. We have coming up to RODBT. That is for people who are looking for help with perfectionism and anxiety over control behaviors. That is able to sign up now online on our website. And it starts in January. And the last one is parenting class in January. That is a virtual class on the 20th that you can sign up for, for parenting help and ways to have conversations. All right. Did I get that all that? You got it you all. Me? See, but the, the like, where's all the giggles? Where's all the laugh? Where are all the butterfly and sunshines? Huh? And Where we'll have a, a special episode that we'll be releasing soon about another mental health it and movie analysis with what's our verdict and scissors podcast. So that one should be a lot of fun. A lot of laughter. Promise. You'll get to see the uh, movie critique side of me that gets a lot more do you uh, actually giggle on your podcast i do laugh and i do why are you so serious on my podcast because this is for people to improve tay this is business this is important to their day life business is meant to be happiness (laughs) we're supposed to be happy individuals we have baby cola as our mascot how can you not be happy when you look at him Uh, yeah he scrapes his bum on the ground during sessions i mean i love him bubbers uh, I know I'm not as fun as Brittany, so don't worry, You're listeners. Fabulous. She will be back the week after and be back for good. Uh, we're excited for the new year and all that we can bring to you. So again, if you have something you want us to talk about, shoot us a DM uh, on Instagram. We're continuing to try to give you the content that you all want. So thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.